When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Courtside with Christy and Gabe right here. On the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network, I am Christy Winter Scott, joined as always by my guy, Gabe Ibrahim, and Gabe, the WNBA playoffs are in full swing. Postseason yeah. awards are beginning to be announced, yes. and it's just an exciting time. Uh, it's very exciting, and I'm going to let you guys know right now, this may be a long show. This just may be a long show. So subscribe now. Hit the like button now. Drop your comments. We can see them. We'll be uh, discussing them. So if you want to say anything, uh, come hang out. Uh, but yeah, so just just know this is going to be a long podcast. We got a lot to talk about. We may, be, we may have some breaking news at some point uh, with the Coach of the Year Award yeah. uh, being announced later today. We, yeah. we think it'll be during this podcast. So It will be. So it you will. have to do oh, that. Oh, it will be. It, it will be. I think. I think. I've heard noon is the announcement from oh. NBA. So, shout out Ron Howard for uh, giving <laughs> me the heads up on that in the league offices. So yeah. So that'll be exciting. So uh, so much going on, Gabe. You know, I, I had a chance to be out in Vegas, and yeah, that was, that was so much fun. And guess what? There's a there's a little Paris. There's a Paris Las Vegas. Yes, and they actually had the Eiffel Tower and everything. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. Share photos with you because. Wait, had you never been to Vegas before? No, there's a great. Oh. Listen, I was pregnant with our first child. I was supposed to go out there for a recruiting situation um, when I was coaching at Maryland, mm-hmm. and I was early, like four or five months pregnant. But I was like, ooh, you know, first child. I was like, ooh, I don't want to mm-hmm. do too much. I want to be on the <laughs> plane. I'm gonna swell up and everything, my feet and ankles. So I didn't do it, but I did go to Orlando that summer instead. Oh. But I was scheduled to go to Vegas, so I've always wanted to go back. 
So yay for me. I finally, I'm, I'm crossing things off the list. So you got I, to do the playoff. You got to watch them play off basketball and go to Vegas oh, yeah. for the first time. So what? What? So you went to uh, Paris? What? That's Paris. Paris. What was it called? Um, the Paris, Las Vegas. Yeah. Like I went I've on been... the tour and everything, and I was like, "Why am I up this high? Like it looks cute. Like, oh yeah, I'll take the tour, go on the little elevator and everything." And I got like halfway up, I was like, "Wait, <laughs> this is this is too high." My nerves started like tightening up it was fun. well it's good practice for when we uh when we go do courtside at the 2024 olympics that's in it. paris manifesting we're manifesting it and that's why i went there because i was like this is one step closer <laughs> wait one till i closer. tell gabe on the next show <laughs> we're one step closer to paris we oui, we oui. let's do it we're out let's <laughs> do it no I, I i think we could i think we could do that where else did you did you go like a buffet did you go like the but where'd you stay uh, I'm um mandalay bay oh all right oh, that makes all, sense outstanding um so shout out mandalay bay but the you know the games were uh there was a gap in between right so yeah. the games were wednesday and saturday so thursday i just did completely off like okay i mean i was studying and everything but i'm like you know i'm gonna That's go and sit in the sun right Mm-hmm. for a couple hours or something like that i came inside i was like who is that i got burnt <laughs> i was like sunburned my lips and everything i was like oh no like yeah anyway so uh but it was beautiful but uh you know Hot. The, the sun was a little uh, more uh vibrant than i thought <laughs> right. and then friday i went to practices and everything like that and then of course saturday the game but it was really, it was really a beautiful setup. You know, the arena's right inside of Mandalay Bay, mm-hmm. obviously, and so you just walk, get off the elevator, walk right to the arena through the casino, which uh, Tiffany Green and I, um, I find she taught me how to do the, ru- the computerized roulette wheel or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you I only you lost go. five bucks. I put twenty, and I only, I came back home with fifteen. There it is. Um, so. Already up, already oh up, God. and then you got, and then the, the, the Vegas put it away. So yeah, that was pretty easy. You didn't get to go to Phoenix, but yeah, uh, alas, oh darn it, yeah, alas. Uh, I actually went to New York. I went to New York for uh-huh. the because I was like, I need to see playoff basketball. Yeah, and no offense to the great state of Connecticut, I'm not going to Connecticut. It's very hard to get to from DC. Yeah, uh, so I took the train up to New York, watched Game Three of Chicago, New York, came away with some impressions that I want to talk about Let's when go. we get to our preview for the semifinals because yeah. yeah. it was impressive watching that Chicago Sky team. Man, um, and you know, I, I obviously had to do that because the Mystics got swept. I know it was that game one, the game one, the game one, uh, you know, you know, and I've said, you know, we said that they're very similar teams, Seattle Mm -hmm. and Washington. We said Spider-Man meme and everything like that. But guess what? It there was such a small level of of error that Mm -hmm. you either team, right? Either team. Uh, But I think Natasha Cloud said it best. Like, hey, they play really well at home. Right. Yep. And, and to for the Mystics not to have that home court advantage, I think it was really tough, you know, to split at least split obviously out there and bring it back home to DC. And so that first game, I was like, oof, the turnovers, the margin of error in that situation, the missed rebounds down the stretch. Like, you just have to do that against a team like Seattle. You just Dude. have to do it. And you know, you you, you know. It was it was frustrating because even after game two, the Mystics were saying, you know, we have a lot left. We had a lot left, and that's what's so frustrating. It's like, you know, 
Do we want to do we want to do the Mystics now or do we want to do our rookie now? Oh, I feel like the Mystics is going to go on for a while. I know that's why I was like, we should do the playoff stuff towards the end, honey, because we we start talking. But no, let's let's go rookie because rookie of the year. It's kind of in the same lines because you know Shakira Austin was up for rookie of the year. Yeah, no, Shakira Austin was involved, so I'm 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 down to talk about it as we talk about the. uh, the Mystics, but so all right. Ryan Howard wins Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Shakira Austin gets second place. Yeah, you you are an official voter for this award, right? Yes. Who'd you vote for? Shakira Austin. And why? Uh, because uh, number one, Mike um, Tebow said so. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> I, but he's seen them like he. And the thing about that, I'm not saying it's because Mike Tebow, but I'm saying you know he is a savant when it comes yeah. to. Uh, selections and and all these things he sees these players years prior to them coming through their draft class and he made the switch right for Mm -hmm. the picks at the at the draft this year got Shakira Austin because that's what the team needed but wow I I think even Mike Tebow said you know we thought she'd be a 10-minute player for us you know to come in and start over 30 games and to average eight and almost seven boards a game like I just think that his ability to put her in the right place with his team and the way that she was able to utilize that opportunity. I thought that was major. I thought that was major. Ryan Howard, no shade to her, an amazing player. But every time that Atlanta played Washington, I think she was 0 for 12 in one of the games. Like they, they put some defense on her and, and, and shut her down. So in fairness, it's really good defense. It is very good defense, number one in the league in defensive rating. So I get it. But even with that being said, right, she yeah. was able in the three or four games, or I think it was only three games, in the three games that, you know, Ryan Howard was matched up against the Mystics. And not that they were head-to-head. It wasn't mm-hmm. Shakira against Ryan, okay, to right. be clear. But every time they played Washington, she was she was shut down to a low number and efficiency. I think it was like 24, 25% shooting from the floor. And that one game she got shut out, didn't score at all. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there were there were those situations. But I also think that, you know, Shakira Austin, without her presence on the floor, I just think that her value on the court for the Mystics to get to the playoffs this year after missing last year's playoffs. I think without her, I don't know if they do that. So I'm I'm placing that energy with what she was able to accomplish for the team. I agree. And the team was better, right? In terms of rankings and all. So I don't know. And Mike Tebow's comments aside, even though that does weigh heavy on yeah. me because he studies these players. But my own opinion is like, okay, when you're looking at the rookies, best rookie on the best team. I, I, that's cute. So. Okay. I mean, I think of this award a little differently, I think. Okay. Uh, and I, I do, I, I would have voted for Ryan Howard. Um, I think it is extremely close, though. Like, I, I actually, I, I was being a little bit more convinced every time you're saying something. Um, and, and it is a great plan. She was so efficient for this team. And I yeah. agree with you. I don't think they get back to this, the spot where they were. Not, I mean, obviously, they make the playoffs to get swept. It doesn't look as good now, but. They look like a title contender this year, and I think that's a really big deal for this franchise. Right. But Uh-oh. so, I, the, but I think the the thing about this award to me is that there is a future aspect, right? Okay. Because to me, the rookie of the year has to be someone who I think is going to be the best rookie in in, 
in an, in a certain way for me. So like, okay, come on. I think it's a player who's like showed that they can be the best player on a good team. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think for now, for okay. now, because of the production level of Ryan Howard, it outstrips the efficiency numbers for Shakira Austin. Cause there's no doubt that Shakira was way more efficient this year. You look at, you know, PR, you look at uh, points per play points, per shooting oh, yeah. attempt her field goal yeah. percentage. Ryan Howard's field goal percentage was, was not particularly good this year. Uh, I just think that she showed that she could be the best player on a good team. And we haven't seen that necessarily yet from Shakira. I think Shakira has definitely shown she could be the second best player on a really good team, right? Mm. I think she can be that second best piece. I yep. We just haven't seen her being put in that role yet. And I think the role kind of matters for this award. So that's why I disagree. But I do think, I think it's, I think it's really a razor's edge between these two, which makes that trade all the more interesting from earlier this year. That's what I'm saying. And and I, and you said it right there. I mean, you said the role, right? Yeah. So I think if you're really measuring, you know, who to put where on, on the rookie list or the all rookie player of the year and everything, I, I think you have to look at Shakira's role with Washington. Mm-hmm. And what I like to do, you know, I like to remove her, right? right? Let's remove Shakira off the list. How about this? How about if we flip them? How about if Shakira was in Atlanta? And Ryan was here in DC. Talk yeah. To, talk to me. Right. So then, and then now my answer is more even ironed out. Right. And it's not, you know, it was fit, it was role, and it was efficiency. So those three things, it, it got checked off for me for Shakira in that way. And, you know, Washington did the switch. Mike did the switch uh, in the draft because he knew what his team needed yeah. eventually. And it happened faster than he thought, but it happened. And the Mystics were better for it. And the Mystics, you know, got to the playoffs. The Mystics won some close games because of her contributions. And whether that's being a rim protector or being able to score the ball, you know, it's not coming through her, but she's getting to the O O boards. She's getting put back. She's getting to the free throw line. And and she wants to get better at the free throw line. And and that's what I, I love about her is that, you know, she's not satisfied. Yeah, you know, and I think that's why she got into that starting lineup. She earned that. She fought for that, and she made herself um, invaluable in terms of a rotational piece turning into a starter. No, and I, I, I don't disagree. I think to show what she showed may be actually more important to the future title race yeah. than maybe what Brian Howard showed, at least for the next few years. Okay, um, but I think in the future, you know, as we have some commenters saying, like. Ryan just was at the top of that scouting report. She was the leader on that team and she showed flashes. Like there was times where we were looking at her and we're like, wow, she's really one of the best players. She, she can be hit that level of top of top players, right? She was on list with only hall of famers uh, due to her scoring and her production. And I, and I totally agree though, that Shakira can get there and she might mm-hmm. in a, in a, in a post Elena Deladon world, which is hopefully very, very far in the future, way down, um, the line. way down the line. Um, she can be that player. Yeah. I, I, I could see that, but for now I do have to go. I did have to go for Ryan Howard just because of those flashes of, wow, this, this player can really take you from a to B to a championship in, in the way that Shakira might. I think she could, and she worked really hard this year. And I, I, ju- yeah. I, I just don't want to get like too worked up because I'm like, this is so narrow. This is so narrow. The margin here is so narrow between these two players. 
I'm getting worked up because it's about consistency, <laughs> Gabe. Come on, Gabe. Now, and I well, hear you. And I, I don't, I, I mean, we were entitled to our own opinions, but it's, you know, it's consistency for me. And those lulls were more often than not for Ryan. And uh, and I love Ryan. No, I had Ryan, like in college, I had Ryan on all my lists. I, I love her. But for but. Washington, I just think you take Shakira out of that lineup, man. They, That's not the same squad without Shakira on the floor. I, I don't disagree. That is not the same squad without Shakira. But I also think uh, Atlanta is very much not the same squad without Ryan <laughs> on the court. Uh, and the whole if thing, like, oh, if they switch places, what would happen? I don't know. We're entering, like, if my aunt had wheels, she'd be a bicycle <laughs> territory, and, which is one of my favorite sayings. So I don't know. It, anything could happen. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a, it just becomes so close that I agree that everyone, everyone can, can parse it the way they can. I just am more on the, on the fence. And I think just like the fact that Ryan was able to lead, actually lead, uh, the team in scoring and production, it it kind of broke the tie for me. Uh, do you want to talk about all rookie though? I, I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't, um, too shocked. I mean, this was probably my five, Howard, Austin, Smith, Egbo, Gardner. Right. I think I may have been arguing at some point for Veronica Burton over Egbo just because they made the playoffs and, you know, yeah. Indiana didn't win that much. But I think Nelissa Smith uh, definitely should be on there. I, I Rebecca Gardner. That's a great story. A rookie? What a she's story. Not. She's 32. But it's her for, I mean, she's technically a rookie. And she league. don't play like no rookie I've ever seen. No. I mean... But still, I mean, it's it's all. <laughs> I guess it's it is what it is. I guess is for. But I love her, and I love you know again a player that if you take off of the Chicago Sky team, are they the same squad without her? No. Like no, and no. so you have to give credit where credit is due, and you know when when you have the opportunity to get yourself into the league, I mean. I think you just have to, you just have to do that, and and not just do that, but but be great in your role for that team. I mean, can you imagine not being in the league for all these years, and then oh yeah, come on to Chicago, and then oh yeah, let's get you in a a, a big role with this team because you are so lanky on the perimeter. You can get to the rim. I mean, she is so smooth with her game and her decisiveness in her skill set. I mean, she's incredibly um, impressive in a lot of different ways, but the resilience, you know, to to have that as a goal for all these years and then boom, <laughs> you know, the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and here's your chance. And she wants to get into broadcasting too. So it's like, you know, this is a, a chance for her to, to get here in the States to do her thing and, and she's done it. She, she has a lot she has a lot of basketball left though. I just want to point that out. Oh, she, yeah, she has been like making big plays in the playoffs like it's right. nothing. And it's right. not even it's not even a thing because she's not a no. rookie. It's a that's a myth. Um, but it's like of all of the players on this all rookie team, she is by far making the biggest impact in the in the playoffs, and that's pretty there's an obvious reason for that because she's an actual veteran. In yes. terms of real basketball, right? Okay. Um, so yeah. I think I think she's just made such a huge impact. And you know, 
Shakira Austin, we saw her. She played great throughout the regular season. And then, you know, in the playoffs, she kind of did get targeted by Seattle a little bit. We can talk about that later. Yeah. But, and that's not, and that doesn't go into rookie of the year, just to be clear. Right. It, it can't. Right. It's, but, it's before. It's before. It's before. But Austin, I mean, like you look at all the rookies and Burton had her moments against Connecticut, but you look at all of the rookies and none of them can do what uh, Rebecca yeah. Gardner can do. I thought she was incredible this year. Now, Alyssa Smith and Queen Egbo. I mean, Queen Egbo surprised me this year. She played some really great basketball. Um, and Alyssa Smith did not surprise me by playing really great basketball times. But she, you know, obviously is going to, I think she has the future that we think she's going to have. Um, are you are you a little surprised that Indiana gets two players on this list? I mean, I know they played like almost exclusively rookies, but. Yeah. I mean, when you have five rookies on a roster. <laughs> And I know that they they ended up last in the in the league and everything, and just had a, a really tough way uh, parting ways with Marion Stanley midway mm-hmm. through. And that there's you know Coach Knox taking over. There were a lot of adjustments that team had to make on the fly. Also, learning the league as, as yeah. rookies. So I think when you look at it that way, you know, outside of what their record was. I think you're looking at the invaluable experience that they all gained because they had to play a lot of minutes. Mm-hmm. They had to play a ton of minutes. And I think you're right. Queen Egbo to me really stood out. I mean, we knew what we were getting with Melissa. Yeah. So it's like, I'm not like surprised by anything that she does. And Queen Egbo, I think she just made this huge jump uh, this season in, in terms of expectations uh, that were, that were, I don't know, kind of prognosticated for her as a rookie this season. And we knew that Indiana was going to be young. And I thought they would get six wins before the All-Star break. They didn't get six wins at all. I know. But they had five before the All-Star break. (laughs) Christy, that's an ultimate bad beat. Uh, It really is, though. Like, we should talk about this on Spread the Floor. Christy bet that they were going to win. She didn't bet. I didn't bet any money, though. She didn't bet anything. Because she's <laughs> she didn't bet anything. Only I bet something, just for the record. <laughs> but she bet they were going to win six games for the All Star break. They had five wins with like seven games left before yeah. the All Star break, and then they haven't won for the rest of the season. Yeah, but had they won six before the All Star break, you would have been down at Barry Farms here in D.C. with the three point shooting contest that we had on schedule. I was ready to film it and everything. I was going to be sitting. Right there, Barry Farms. Yeah, I'll Google it if you don't know if you're not from here. So. It's uh, it would have been really. Fun. It would have been really fun. Although Christy didn't put anything up on the on the, on I, her end of the week. I didn't. <laughs> that's that's what you get when you're the Hall of Famer. When you're the Hall of Famer, she she can push around the 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 little guys, <laughs> the production assistants. All right. Anything else on all rookies? Oh, oh. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. No, I mean, I think, you know, we said what we said about Howard and Austin and, yeah. you know, Gardner, I, I just love her. And, and for her to get picked up after being seen playing in France, you yeah. know, uh, I, I just think that that's just a great story. Right. It is a great story. You know, for the playoffs. And, you know, that's a story that if you don't know, uh, should be told as the playoffs unfold, if you don't know about it already. Well, speaking of Rebecca Gardner's story, James Wade, executive of the year, in part. For bringing over Rebecca Gardner, yeah. uh, great. He had a great uh, off season. Obviously, he brought in uh, Emma Miesemann. He kept the team together when mm-hmm. there was when there was talks of it not being together uh, in the right. off season. If you if you recall, yeah. uh, he is the first uh, black recipient of this award since the WNBA started giving it out in 2017. 
And I think it is pretty easy. I, th- I thought it was a pretty easy award to give out. I was like, it's James Wade because of everything I just mentioned. Uh, yep. What'd you think of it? I thought it was amazing. I mean, I, I just spoke about what James Wade, he lives in France. So yes, that's how I knew. he had his eyes on Rebecca Gardner and said, Hey, you know what? This is, this is great, right? This is a player who I think yeah. can help us had his eyes on her, reeled her in, got Emma Meesem in and you know, what a great piece she's been for them. I mean, just a bona fide score, but her passing ability this season with Chicago has really been top shelf. So I, I just think that it's it's warranted. James Wade is is a winner, you know, yes. coming off of a championship season. You don't want to rock the boat too much. You don't want to add too much. You don't want to lose anything either. So I think he did a really good job of kind of sitting right in the middle, adding what he needed to what he already had. And, you know, winning again, winning a championship, you don't want to change too much i mean they won it as a six seed last year and now they're in you know the top two spots so you know the pressure is there to to repeat but now you have a couple of new faces that can help you do that and i think he did a a fantastic job of corralling a couple of really key pieces for that push for their championship repeat this year yeah and, and, and i think it's one thing to bring these people together it's another thing to keep them together right this team has played really together this year. And not that, you know, Emma Mieseman is like one of the nicest people in this league, I right? I, it's a universal opinion. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty easy to keep her in the locker room, but he put her in the right place and he's put right. her in the right spots. And he and this team has put each other in the right spots. And I think that's why this, like putting the team together and getting a lot of talent is great. Making right. sure the talent all fits together and understands their role. Right, uh, that's part coaching, but I think the executive plays a big part in that, and I think he deserves credit for that. We'll see if he also gets the credit for coach of the year, which should be uh, coming up. But I think executive of the year was pretty easy. Do you want to talk? Get, actually, you know what? We have we have six minutes here. Okay. Before we hear about coach of the year. Okay, and it's going to hit right at noon, Hank. So we. It's going to hit right at noon, according to uh, Christy Winter Scott, yeah. <laughs> who has has all the inside analysis uh but who'd you vote for oh boy uh do i have to say because then when it comes out i'll be like <laughs> no yes. i had i had becky hammond you i had becky. becky hammond i mean come on man i mean she totally flipped the philosophy of the aces team mm-hmm. uh in terms of you know just having more freedom and more space and pace and they've just been fantastic in that i mean she met with asia wilson in San Antonio before she left with the Spurs under Greg Popovich as an assistant for years, but met with Asia and said, Hey, let's get in the gym, get some shots or whatever. And she was knocking down shots. Mm-hmm. She was like, man, you could shoot the leather off this ball. Like we need to get you shooting the ball. So in three seasons prior to this one, Gabe, she had only taken, I believe two threes. Yeah. Or no, she had taken three threes and was like one for three or something like that. And then this year she's shooting 37% from three. It's uh, it's quite the transformation. I mean, come on, like, and and what is that? I mean, that's confidence. Okay, that's not necessarily like, oh, okay, um, I'm gonna come in and change everything. No, she's she's she has fit the philosophy of the team to the personnel, and that's so hard to do sometimes. Sometimes you come in like yeah. I'm a coach. We're gonna run this, that, and the other thing. I don't care who the players are. We're gonna make it work. And sometimes you can run similar things, but sometimes you have to make changes. And this is a team who, you know, was paint dominant 
for years, obviously with Kim Beige there. Shouts um, to Bill. Uh, yeah, and, and nothing wrong with that. As a post player, I love to get you know, put the ball in there. I love it. But the fact that she's been able to balance this offense, you know, to the point where Kelsey Plum is playing 10 more minutes a game. Mm -hmm. She's always been a dog. Let's not forget, like, that's Plum Dog at, at Washington. That's been Plum Dog, you know, in the league. Let's let's give her her credit as well. But I think what Becky Hammond has been able to do with this team is is give them confidence to play freely, uh, to be creative on the fly, to initiate offense, to make great reads. I mean, Kelsey Plum's passing ability this season has been through the roof, right? I mean, we knew she could score, but this year I think, you know, her playmaking ability has been insane. And while we're at it, Chelsea Gray. I mean, I almost fell out of my chair a couple of times with the pass that she was making. I mean, in lot face to face, in person. I mean, you see it on TV and it's like, oh snap, that was nice. But in person, in the roar of ten thousand fans in Las Vegas, mm -hmm. who's doing it right, by the way. I mean, shout out to um, the player led organization there. I mean, insane. I saw Jennifer Az out there playing nope. AAU ball against her. I mean, it's just all these things coming full circle, but they know. Natalie Williams, shout out to her. I had great conversations with her out there. They know what it takes. They know what it should be. And I kept telling them that every time I saw them, I was like, this is what it should be. This is how it should be, right? For those of us who love this game, regardless of gender, but especially for women's basketball, to see what they've been able to do there, Gabe, it's been, it has been insane. And I think with Becky Hammond as the head coach, that's just multiplied it. Well, I think, I think everything you just said um, is about buy-in and getting, getting buy-in yeah. and yeah. putting players in positions that make them happy. Right. You know, I think she unleashed yeah. a lot, every single player on this team to be who they want to be on the court. Yeah. You know, Plum is able to just get downhill, do her little skips, read the floor, and, and do her own thing, right? But she also has unlocked Chelsea Gray on the other side. And, and they have the chemistry to understand yeah. when one's going on and, and when the other one has a mismatch. And they really seem to communicate well in that space. I think you look at Derricka Hamby, the season she had before she got injured was right. unreal. Um, you look at Jackie Young, too, who should be most improved. Not that we, we, can, we can talk about that probably next week when it comes right. out. But... Right. Most she's going to be the most improved player of the year, in my opinion, because of what uh, Becky Hammond has been able to do for her. And I think it's yeah. under that sort of connection with the players has been really, really impressive to see because she mm -hmm. talked. She what must have happened, right? Is she talked to Jackie. She talked to, you know, like the same thing you're saying with Asia's threes. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that happened with every single player on the court. Okay. And then she got, she understood where they were all coming from and trying to put them in the right positions. And I think mm -hmm. she did a great job with that. I think that is. What the central job of the head coach is to put people in positions they're comfortable in yeah. and get them and then get them enough touches to make sure it all gets there. Uh, to your point about uh, Asia Wilson, so her her career shooting percentage actually went down this year because she had taken okay. two threes before okay. this season uh, and made one of them. So she, her, her three point percentage was 50%. This year, she is 31 of 83. 37.3 percent that's what i said 37 percent. and and that's what i think that's the um that that's why i agree that becky hammond should be there i think james wade did a great job he did i think my tebow did a great job i thought there was a lot of great coaching jobs this year absolutely um tanisha. but tanisha wright did a great job she won ap coach of the year she did 
Um, but at the end of the day, I do think Becky did the most to unlock her team and put them in the right positions and do what a coach should do. Uh, and they seem to have fun doing it, which is another great thing. They do, which is why I loved it too. I mean, it's so funny. Uh, they had a practice player in, in their practice uh, one of the days and, you know, Chelsea threw this really great <laughs> dime to him, right? And he, he missed the layup. And then she yelled out, Smokey Robinson. And I was like <laughs> crying because I'd never heard that. But it was just so fun just to be around them. So much fun just to see the joy that they had in the game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a little roasting on the side is, is never bad. But it was just, it was hilarious. But I, I just think that's the freedom. Like, you don't want to be in the gym if it's, you know, you have to be someone other than your true self. And I think everyone presented their true selves in practices and in games and the fans just gravitate towards that as well. It was it was an amazing environment. No, I thought and, and that I think goes to the coaching and to the ownership. And, you know, all of these all of these things are like the exec award, coach award. Those are really organizational things. Um, and I think every award to some extent goes to an organization. Everyone gets their hands on it. But right. um, this one certainly does. And guess what? Uh, God, I almost ruined it. Guess what, Christy? We have the coach of the year, and it is Becky Hammond. Try to tell y'all. Becky Hammond wins the award. I'm not alone in it then. No. Shout out to Becky Hammond. That's my girl now, by the way. Like, we, you know, she really understands the game. I'm not talking tactically, but I'm talking about the mental game that you have to have to be able to compete at a high level. And like you said, the buy-in for the players, I mean, that's that's just respect, right? Yeah. And Chelsea Gray said, you know, last year I came in to Vegas and I had to learn an entirely new system, mm -hmm. right? And I said, well, yeah, you had to do that again this year. And what has that been like? And she said it's been amazing because Becky Hammond allows for her to see what she sees and allows her to stay, you know, innate with her decisions, and, you know, I think when you're a point guard, which I have never been, or a point guard, which she is, um, you know, when you have that confidence that is, you know, open up to you from mm -hmm. your coach just to be who you are and to trust that. I mean, Becky Hammond joked and said, hey, Chelsea Gray, I'm her assistant coach. Like, <laughs> she'll, she'll make play calls, you know, but obviously she's the overseer. She's the, you know, the final word on things, but... The fact that she has that ability to to let her go, like, if you see it, go ahead and make that play. I'm not going to pull you back and say run a play. When you see a play to be made, make the play. And it, and it turns out that, that that's been a, a great combination and formula for the Aces. Uh, it's empowerment. You know, where are we talking about a lot? She empowers her players, and that's amazing. Like a lot of the women on that shirt you're wearing, Christy. Oh, I you know what? I wore this shirt, shout out to Reina at um, Iowa. Uh, who has uh, made these shirts, but uh, I wore the shirt. I was going to save it for the end, but I'm going to say it now. Um, Charlene Curtis um, yeah. passed away. And that's why I wanted to do it at the end because hopefully I don't get cut up, but too late. Anyway, um, you know, she was an amazing ambassador for women's basketball. So, you know, all these women on my shirt, like, you know, obviously have impacted the game in so many ways and, you know, Vivian Stringer being the first, but she's right along there and she should have her name on here too. So I'm going to try to see if Raina can get that uh, put on. But, you know, an amazing uh, mentor for me um, at Wake Forest, um, recruited me out of high school, 
right? Was in my house for a home visit. Um, so um, just a, a lovely woman, just a heart and soul for the game. Um, played at Radford. She was their first 1,000 point scorer there. <clears throat> and they didn't even have scholarships then. So she's <laughs> playing for the love and joy of the game. And then in turn, handed the baton over to so many great women who played for her. Alicia Mosley, one of my girls that coached with her at Georgetown. Then, of course, Latina Robinson played for mm -hmm. her as well. And, you know, I reached out to her and it's just, it's really hard, you know, uh, to lose someone uh, like that, who was a gem for the game and, and will continue with the tentacles that, that she has stretched across um, many teams, many players and, and people like me, um, you know, just, just sad, but that's why I wore that today. Well, to shout, to shout her out and to, you know, to give her some love today uh, and her family and friends and everyone who knew her. So thank yeah. you for sharing that. And I think it's a very touching tribute to wear that shirt. Um, and obviously our thoughts and prayers are with coach Curtis's family. Um, obviously we, we also stand on the shoulders of, of everything she built. And uh, I think it's, as we're talking about the coach of the year, yeah. um, it's yeah. a, it's a good reminder of how important coaches can be. Absolutely. And just like you are, were and are for many co uh, kids around this area. It's a lot. It's not, she always said, it's not, who you coach it's why you coach mm -hmm. and or where you coach it's you know it's it's why you coach and yeah. um you know i think she she paid it forward as the overseer of officials for years and you know she texts me sometimes or i would text her on <laughs> some rule things you know and and she was always there uh, as a great listening ear and i said like a mentor to me in a lot of ways so just always a beautiful smile a beautiful countenance and always a, a fierce love of the game of life so well uh again just all our thoughts and prayers to coach yeah. Curtis's family and everyone in our community that's feeling that's feeling feeling the loss uh do we want to go back to the playoffs yeah we have to we, we have, have to, to. And, Keep going. you know yeah we got to do it because i'm gonna tell you what the rest of these playoffs i mean we already <laughs> saw some really great uh first round games right um you know for Chicago to be stretched to three games and have to go to the game you went to mm -hmm. in New York. I mean, we could start there. Like, like, Let's were you surprised? Were you surprised that game one went to the way of New York? Yeah. I mean, what, it was the most, it was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Yeah. I've never, I've never seen this. I wrote a whole article on this on, on my ball and order newsletter. Uh, I've never seen what happened in that game where a pass an insane pass was so incredible, yeah. so beautiful, so awesome. wonderful that the team had no choice but to win the game in which the pass was thrown. They went on a 13-0 run after that. Yeah. That's, That's crazy. Cool. I've never, <laughs> ever, ever seen that. Right. Uh, amazing fight from New York in that first game. And, you know, Vinash Eleni, incredible oh. in every single second she was playing. Absolutely. Oh God, she was she was so awesome. Yeah. Um, in New York, you know, they were I think they were going up against a much better team, but they acquitted themselves nicely. And then to see Chicago really put their foot down in Game Two was impressive. Then go on the road yeah. in New York, and yeah. that place was rocking. I yeah. saw that stadium was rocking. It was crazy. It was it was super fun. Really great environment. Yeah. Um, and then they kind of just cruised along for a while. Chicago did. And it seemed like they were going to put New York away 
right. then New York came storming back and then Chicago put their, their foot on the gas pedal and it was over before you knew it. And yeah. I think that just showed why they're the champs. Right. And, and they kn- just knew exactly where to go, what to do, who to attack, how to attack it, mm-hmm. move the ball, manipulate the floor with all of the players on their team that can do that. Uh, they were able to execute perfectly. And I think it's a scary sign for whoever's in front of them in the playoffs. No doubt. Uh, but shout out to Sandy Brondello. First sure. year in New York, obviously uh, many years in Phoenix championships under her belt. But when you have uh, that core of young players, I mean, she really had to fight to get, and, and not in a negative way. I mean, that's hard, right? To, mm-hmm. to and new coach, uh, a bunch of new players, uh, young players, and to just get them to be in the playoffs. And then not only that, but to win that game one the way that they did. And I think somebody asked Sabrina Ionescu and the post-game presser after that game one and said, um, what do you what do you think about the game or something? And she was like, we won. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, and period, like, boop, and done. Um, but just the matter of fact attitude that the team and Sandy Brondello took into the playoffs. I think you have to give credit to that. Yep. And, you know, the format where you have to, you know, go on the road for Chicago to have to go on the road to close it out after dropping that game one to uh, New York. I think it was, that was tough, but I yep. think they'll be better for it. They won some close games to get to their title last year. And this is no different, right? I think winning, um, it, it begets your confidence. So I get, that's the beginning of it. All right. I agree. So, I mean, I so, think it's a, it's a good thing for the sky to have gone through that. You don't yeah. want it to be, you know, 30 point blowout, 30 point blowout, and then get into a buzzsaw game where you've been, in, you haven't been oh, in yeah. those situations a lot. So, you know, I think well, they, they have been, to be fair, well, this sky, this sky <laughs> team loves to win close games. They do. They just absolutely adore doing it. Uh, I think they kind of just wait around for it too. Uh, they did not do that in game two, um, no. where they just kind of shut it down. I, I, yeah. I kind of get a little frustrated, honestly, with Chicago. Mm-hmm. I feel like they could put their foot down on a lot of teams often. Yeah. yeah. And they and they don't, and they let them stick around. They're great in the clutch, but as we saw in game one, crazy stuff happens when you let a team hang around. Can't do um, it. Jessica thinks the champs are going to be in the finals for sure. We'll, okay. we'll talk about them really quick. I do want to go back to New York, though. Yeah, come Because uh, you, you talked about all this fight they showed and how they yeah. showed this improvement, right? Mm-hmm. Well, remember before the season, uh, Brianna Stewart took a meeting with said New York Liberty. Oh, yeah, she did. And one of my theories was this year, New York just needs to show that they are competent, that they can get to a place where they could win a title if you add Brianna Stewart to this team. Interesting. I don't know if we're quite at the point where I'm like, yeah, this team could win a title just with Brianna Stewart, but really close. Show a lot of grit, show a lot of heart. It'll yeah. depend. And, and the other thing that's uh, that's going to come into play, uh, play is if Maureen Johannes can come back. She was oh, a huge part of this team this year. Amazing. Huge. So if she can yeah. come back, that'd be huge. Uh, if she cannot, then that will also be huge in the other direction. That's so true. I don't um, entirely know what's going to happen with New York. I do agree with you. They showed a lot of fight and a lot of grit. Uh, do you want you want to keep moving to the your series, the series that you covered in Las Vegas? Yeah, I mean that was yeah. You asked me something, I'll tell you that was out there for a minute. Well, like six days. <laughs> I thought 
Phoenix acquitted themselves very, very nicely. I think uh, they had a very, very tough year for a lot of the reasons that we've already talked about many times on this podcast. Um, you know, obviously our hearts are still with Brittany Griner and Russia. We need free BG. Um, hopefully the wheels of, of justice are moving along towards that. Um, I don't know what's happening, but uh, obviously our thoughts and prayers are also with Skylar Dingett Smith. And, yeah. um, you know, we hope we wish we got to see a, a healthy Diana Taurasi. They've been through a lot. They've been through a lot. I thought they came out in that game one and brought it to Vegas. I thought they played great in the early stretch of the game one. And then, you know, another player to send our hearts to is Jay Petty. Obviously a player that we love. We got to cover here in DC. Uh, Really, really great person. Uh, Goes down with torn Achilles after having a great season and really dragging this Phoenix team. Yeah. I thought they played great. I thought they acquitted themselves greatly. Uh, Game two was a blowout, but after everything they went through, I understand why. Yeah. So, but it was that the sense in 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 your eyes too? Like, just I was more. I didn't take much from Phoenix from Vegas. Mm-hmm. I thought they didn't shoot well in game one, but then they came around in game two. Yeah. Um, I just think Phoenix just you know they tried as as best they could. I mean, I I don't know, man. I I, I felt so heavy for them Mm -hmm. just i mean prior to the shea petty injury and then that just broke my spirit like i was i could not believe and then to be you know i was sidelining so when shea went down they had towels all around protecting and not that i was like chasing after Mm -hmm. you know a a dramatic story i was almost in tears like i was like how much more could this team take and to know shea petty's journey to the league, much like Rebecca Gardner's, like mm-hmm. she waited her turn, man. And in the last three years, it's really had an opportunity to show herself and to show her true joy of playing. And and for her to go down, I think everyone knew automatically what it was. Um, I was on the far end when it happened, so I had to walk, you know, to where their mm-hmm. bench was. So I was behind the Aces bench, so I had to go on the other side, you know, to just I don't know to capture the emotion of that moment. And it was horrible. I mean, Diamond Shields on the bench with a towel over her head, sobbing. Yeah. And then went right back into get like, these are the things that, you know, you don't understand unless you are, have played number one. Right. And not only, I mean, the fans were like distraught too. Yeah. I mean, I'm in Vegas, but the Vegas fans were just like, Oh my gosh. Like. Well, they knew, they knew how team? much. Exactly. I mean, they had respect for, the tragedy of that moment and just the, and then when you, like you said, all the things, the timeline, Tina Charles leaving, we didn't even say that. Like <laughs> I didn't I mean, even include that. so many things that have happened, uh, you know, the ins and outs. I mean, and speaking with uh, Vanessa Nygaard, you know, prior to Shea Petty going out, it's like, you know, this is a resilient team. Like she said, she's running out of synonyms for resilient and gritty and tough. And they've had to be that. No. Right. And when you're given no choice but to be those things, you have to step up in that moment because you're a pro. Yeah. You have to step up in that moment because you are a pro. And I think for, you know, when you have Sophie Cunningham just trying to do the best she can, you have Diamond Shields, who I thought really compartmentalized as best she could in those two games. And even after Shea Petty's injury went right back on the floor because they were down to like seven players, you have to play. Right. And she's there for her team. And then shout out to Shay Petty, who unfortunately got injured the way that she did. But Vanessa Nygaard said, you know what? She could have gone home with her family. Mm-hmm. Right. 
she could have gone back to Phoenix to get checked out by the doctors. And she said, no, I'm staying here with my team. There, she is beloved. But I just had chills on my arm. Like she was sitting there with Diana Taurasi on Friday when I went over to the practices. And she's sitting over there. She had the, the wheelchair, the motorized wheelchair. You know, and I walk in and I'm just like, oh, my God. And I just went over to her and I just grabbed her. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't even have words to say. I just need to hold you for a second. Yeah. And I just grabbed her and Diana was sitting there. And I'm just like, this is a lot. Like for me, I'm not even playing. Like this is a lot no. for me to process like all these things. And and when she went down, Vanessa Nygaard said, this is our fourth point guard, you know, yeah. that we've lost. And, you know, just to be able to still be in the playoffs, like to make it there and, and not only make it there, but in that first quarter of game one, like that was a tie ball game, right? Or was it mm-hmm. game or something after one? And, you know, they were just like, we're still here together. We're still fighting as a team. And for all of, all of the battles that they have had this year, yeah. all the adversity, all of the issues, all of the situations that they've been handed, you know, it's inspirational in, in a sad, heavy way yeah. that they were still able to compete. It's uh, it's an uncommon amount of toughness and resilience and grit uh, that you wish they did not have to show. No. I think it would have been a lot better. I wish this team just, you know, I don't care about the record, right? Like, I just wish it was easier for them. Yeah. Um, and hopefully it will be next year. We'll see what happens. I have no idea what's yeah. going to happen to this team. Obviously, there's Skylar Duggan Smith rumors. She left the team at the end of the season. We have no idea what happened. No. Um, you know, we all know about Diana's future. I don't imagine Diana Taurasi's retiring if we probably would have heard about that by now, but I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen next year in Phoenix. Um, Probably going to see a good amount of change, but I do, I do want to commend the players that were there and, and the players on that team because they they had to show a lot of grit and determination that you really wish they didn't have to show. That was not, it wasn't rough. Basketball shouldn't be that tough. Not, be that tough. not that way and for vanessa and i got to be a first year there mm-hmm. i mean wow we man like if you would have told her at the beginning of the year hey you're gonna go through these 50 11 things that are not yeah. in your favor do you still want to be i mean I, I don't know how and for her she's just kind of like we're, and we're gonna give it our best shot we're gonna fight we're gonna compete we're gonna do it and you know give her credit in that way because i don't know if you if all the situations that happen in Phoenix happen on any other team. I don't know like what that would look like no. or feel like, because from the outside looking in, even in person outside looking in, I mean, the inner workings of that, it just like, it just turns my stomach. Yeah, it no. turns my stomach to everything that they have had to deal with um, starting with BG and, uh, you know, not having her there and uh, just the fight. I mean, that's their sister. You know, and they were repeatedly asked that. And as hard as that is, you know, to deal with, you're constantly reminded of it on a daily basis uh, by being asked. And as you should, like, we, we want to know, like, what is it? We, we want to know your feelings on how this has been for you guys, because it's, un- like you said, an uncommon uh, set of adverse situations that they've been put in. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're inquisitive about it. Because, like, how are you dealing with that, right? Yeah. It's not like we're going to come in and ask you about pick and roll. Because we can ask other teams about pick and roll. We can ask other teams about defensive schemes. But they're not going through what you're going through. So I no. think it's just... I it's mean, really... But it's, it, it, it is really tough. Interest. 
I'm it sorry? is, but it, it, it is. It, I get why we ask those questions, but I do think it's also like, I, I understand why you would get mad about it. Cause I, it's I would rather just talk about the, I, if I was on that team. Right. And I, in my dream world, all we're talking about is basketball. Why this Washington Mystic season, we're going to talk about it was so fun because we only really had to talk about basketball. Oops. We didn't have to talk about injuries or who's not there or what's right. And for the, the circumstances that they went through, I understand why they felt so frustrated in, in those moments. Clearly. So I get it. I get it. Um, yeah. And I just, I'm glad. Hopefully, hopefully by the time we see the Phoenix Mercury again, uh, yeah. things are better for them. Let's talk about Connecticut though. Cause we, yeah. we, we always shortchange Connecticut. We may <laughs> probably do it again on this podcast. Uh, uh, Connecticut, uh, they win game one against Dallas handily, yeah. lose game two handily, handily, win game three handily. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> uh, Alyssa Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I just think, well, I just think in when you look at all three games, they were just so drastically different. And, and what Connecticut was able to do was respond again on the road in <laughs> mm-hmm. a game three uh, closeout situation. And, and I just, you know, Kurt Miller, he's playing with a heavy heart after losing his mom a couple of weeks ago. So I know how that feels too. And, you know, giving him lots of love in this moment to, to show that level of strength and commitment to his team to be present in that moment. But I just think that what Connecticut has been able to do well and, and what they did well in particular in game three was to play at the pace that they wanted. I don't think they got, I don't think they ever got to the pace of play that they wanted in game two uh, whatsoever. And I think you have to credit Dallas. Um, Arike Gumawale, you know, came back in the third mm-hmm. quarter of game three after missing uh, games one and two. So, I mean, it was so tough for them. And who knows, like with her on the floor for the first two games, who knows if, what that would have looked like for, for the way. Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, well, to your point, Connecticut, four fast break points in game two, 14 in game three. Difference. There it is right there. And I think Dewana Bonner made a huge, she, she was awesome. And then it's another player. We don't, well, I don't talk enough about. I'm trying yeah. to say we don't talk enough about her because like I need to be more specific. I do not talk enough about <laughs> Dewana Bonner. I really like her. I think she, yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't the most efficient day, but guess what? It's the playoffs. You don't need the most efficient day. You need to win the game. And she win. made winning plays when it counted. She really opened up the game in that third quarter, end of the first half, third quarter. She was one of the big reasons why they were able to take a big lead. I thought Dewana played great basketball. Now, Connecticut, I am a little concerned about just because of how reliant they have to be on transition, like you, like we just said, right? That, that was the difference in the game, and it really felt like that too. Yeah. We're well, going to play against a team in Chicago that can limit your transition. So we will talk about the preview but it's just like that was a little concerning for me. Yeah. Um, let's just wrap up on the Dallas Wings, though. You know, the, I, weird season. Yeah. Um, they found a lot of things that worked, a lot of things that maybe need to change. And and with Arike going down before the playoffs, we didn't really get to see her in the playoffs. Right. So right. weird year. But yeah. um, what do you think about Dallas overall this year? I love them. I love them. Um, they have continued to fight. They've continued to to elevate. They lost a lot of close games, right? And mm-hmm. going back to last year, like so many of their games were under five points um, that they lost, especially down the stretch. But I think for them to get into the playoffs this year, I think is encouraging. I think the way Mayberry played mm-hmm. this year and the absence of Arike and with Arike, 
um, you know, they were college roommates at Notre Dame. So they have this chemistry about them when they're on the floor together, of course. But I think Mayberry really showed um, a different level of, I don't know, fire on the court um, and dependability and efficiency on the offensive end. And not that she wasn't capable. I just think sometimes when like a player like Enrique goes down, not only is that your, you know, court mate, but that's one of your best yeah. friends. So you have like this extra added emotion of, you know, I've got to add on. I've got to, you know, oh. really hunt my shot. And I think that's really what Marina Mabry rarely needs extra motivation either. <laughs> I know, I know, but the fact that she yeah, has she that, it. <laughs> it just made her to me, it just made her um stand out, you know, a little bit more in that way. And and she's always had fight. You're right. I mean, she's always, you know, the messy bun. She had the brunch bun going. She's like, listen, <laughs> we're out here. And, and she's, you know, she's a leader in that way of good energy. And and the level of efficiency she was able to play with offensively, I thought, was a, a huge difference maker for them all season long. But especially in the playoffs where she just really took it upon herself in the absence of Arike to go ahead and do that thing. Like, and I, I just, I really give her credit for that and um, and respect her energy that she was giving to the team. No, really, really impressive stuff from Mabry, from yeah. Alicia Gray, from Izzy Harrison, who right. I hope she's okay. She went, she went down with the uh, ankle injury, but I, you know, we haven't heard anything, so not hearing anything seems good in this circumstance. Ty yeah. Harris, I thought was really yeah. impressive this year. Tierra McCallum, really impressive this year. All that being said, gonna be an interesting off season. Yeah, uh, Marina Mabry, restricted free agent. Tara McCallan, restricted free agent. Isabel Harrison, unrestricted free agent. Wow. We got Alicia Gray, who reportedly is unhappy there and wants out. She has one more year on her contract. Oh, you know, I didn't hear about the unhappiness there. Uh, that was reported somewhere on on uh, on Twitter. Um, and then all of South Carolina people are continually saying that she wants to leave. So I will believe them. Um, okay. But I, I also agree with Tiger, uh, Veronica Burton. Awesome. Uh, her game this year. She was really so yeah. there's gonna be a really interesting future in Dallas. We've been talking about future yeah. in Dallas for a while. We'll have to get back to it in the offseason, but um really I, I thought they equipped themselves nicely as well. So yeah, uh, good for yeah. Dallas. All right, let's get it, let's get into it. Oh, Seattle. Here we go. Sweeps Washington. Yeah. Game one, classic, classic down to the wire. Game two, just Seattle had knew it. They had to close out, and they did. Yeah. Where, where, how you feeling? I was waiting for the question because I'm like, yeah, yeah. Um, let's go with game one. I mean, game one, I thought Washington played really well. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, on the road in Seattle, tough place to play and win. Mm -hmm. But I just thought that they took their hard hats into that arena, especially Elena Deladon. I think. I am not alone in this, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but to see Elena Deladon play mm -hmm. like that um, with defenses coming at her, her ability, you know, they're taking away her left, but she's going to spin right and knock in the, the turnaround jumper. I mean, she had counters to the counters in that game for her 26 points, but I just thought that, uh, you know, her aggression really made a difference for the team and defensively as well. But I just think when you see a, a fired up Elena Deladon, man, everybody else gets fired up because she'll she'll give a fist pump or like a let's go and one or here and there. But boy, it was like that. Like 
all game long and it was you know tough to stop her obviously but i just think when when she uh, sent that video kareem copeland um had that in mm-hmm. his um it was a tweet or an article i think it was a tweet but said that she had sent out um a, a clip from kobe bryant the yeah. late, iconic kobe uh, to the whole team I, I just think the leadership from her um was a big difference maker and she just like you said who who is that that just said that she went off is that josh, josh the king he's been hanging out yeah. with us thanks for hanging out with us guys we, we're gonna talk for a long we have like 30 more minutes uh i'm gonna <laughs> we I may get lunch delivered here we'll just be hanging out on the podcast <laughs> then, eating lunch. Uh, in the grub hub to be some over uh, so. no but yeah deladon man what an amazing game one it's just she was incredible at 26 points on 11 17 just she was wow. the best player on the court yeah, and that was amazing to see for Washington because yeah. we've been yeah. waiting to see this since that 2019 Finals, where yeah. again she was the best player on the court. Um, and then Ariel Atkins had a nice game. You had Natasha Cloud having a nice game. You had Shakira Austin having a nice game. That just all comes down to a couple bounces of the ball, right? Ball goes one way. You know, it, there's a miscommunication between Natasha Cloud and Ariel oh, Atkins yeah. at the end of the game. How many? We haven't seen that that no. often this year. We no. haven't seen that, and it just no. Happens right at the at the worst moment. I feel I felt really bad for Natasha because she played a great game. You look at the other side though; that team was awesome. Like Seattle yeah. just played well and it came down to those little tiny margins that we talked about in our preview yeah. of this game. It just came down to little margins, little play yeah. here, play there, an offensive rebound here, an offensive rebound there. The ball goes this way here. You get a turnover here. You make a you come out on the wrong person. You close out to the you, two people close out to the wrong player, right? Yeah. And it's like. Those are the things that kill yeah. you. Yeah. When it when it uh when it comes down to it. Yeah. I, I just think it, it all what there was one too many mistakes in game one. Um, and you got a lot of things that you need to get in order to win. And then they couldn't capitalize. And then game two, uh, game two was just really, really impressive from Seattle. I, I yeah. thought, yeah, you know, it was no shade to the Mystics. I thought they played well for good for large portions of that game. Yeah. And just couldn't keep up at the end. Yeah, I think, you know, in game one, it's, you know, we're talking about all the little micro situations that Mm -hmm. happen throughout the game. And then at the end, it turned out to be, you know, it adds up to a a macro uh, situation and, um, you know, missing a couple of, you know, that turnover and then that rebound. Those are the things that stand out to me uh, or the missed rebound. And then Jewel Lloyd hits that shot. I I was like, you gotta have that rebound Mm -hmm. and you gotta have that possession. And now, you just won't ever know, right? Because those two things uh, didn't go your way. So frustrating. I get it. But if they were going to get one, it was going to be game one. Because in game two, mm-hmm. for the Mystics to average 80 points coming into that game or just about 80 points, they put up 84. And for them to be the best defensive team, I mean, it wasn't that they had defensive miscues per se in game two. They had stick arm in their faces. Yeah they were making tough shots and put up 97 points. So when you have a team that has all five players in double figures, that's what you want for Washington. Right. But so did Seattle. And it was the tough shots that they were making um, that really cost them. And, and what else can you do? I mean, it's not like you're giving up wide open looks. I mean, you were right there. Like, you mm-hmm. know, their schemes you've played them, you know, even though Seattle won two, one in the regular season, but those were playoff field games. Yeah. I don't care if that happened in June or August or whatever. Those were playoff field games. 
because they're very similar. And we said that going into the playoffs. But I think Washington was right there. It wasn't that they broke down defensively or that they had an issue defensively. It was Seattle hit some majorly tough shots. They yeah. hit some tough, contested shots in, in traffic. Like, and, you know, you shake their hand after that, even though you don't want to. <laughs> but if you do your best, like, you're not, we're not giving you anything. Yeah. The shot didn't, didn't give Seattle anything. I, I I think and it ended up that they had to because of that tough shot making. Like it, the whole defense had to morph to Brianna Stewart, and it's like, yeah. well, yeah. we have to do it. We have no choice because if not, she's just going to hit the shot. So if we help yeah. and we have to help offer, and then they got, then that's what bust bust the pipes towards the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, kudos yeah. to Seattle. We'll talk about them yeah. in a sec. We talked about Shakira Austin, who I think is going to be generational talent. So that was a big plus this season. Yeah. Um. Now, obviously, Elena Deladon, getting back your your already generational talent sure. uh, this sure. year was a great sign. Don Natasha Cloud had an amazing year. Ariel Atkins had a good another good year. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there's some question marks around what they're going to do in the future, you know, with Alicia Clark, um, with Mike Shines Allen. Bo- I think they're both mm-hmm. under contract. For No, I think uh, – let me see. I'm going to double check before I say anything on those two. I thought Elizabeth Williams played pretty well. She, she may – I don't know where, where she's going to end up because I know she's a free agent, but I thought she had some good moments for them. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Alicia Clark is an unrestricted free agent. Yeah. And uh, my shines Allen on the contract for the next two seasons. Um, and we're just going to see how that all develops because uh, right. they have a lot invested in this core. And I think there's a couple more years here. Yeah. Uh, I did want to ask you though, because my read on this for this mm-hmm. mystic season was just, Okay, it didn't go the way we wanted it to go. Right. right? If you're the Mystics, it didn't yeah. go the way we wanted it to go. No. But it felt like they got back on track towards the championship. This yeah. is the year that starts the the chain where they get back to the championship, yeah. assuming health. Yeah. And I think, you know, after game two, obviously emotions riding high. You're, you're speaking 10 minutes after the yeah. buzzer goes off, right? But it was Elena Deladon, Natasha Cloud, and Ariel Atkins in the post-game presser. And, you know, I think what they were saying was that, you know, we have to be better. They took, you know, the onus of, of that moment. Like, mm-hmm. we had to, you know, obviously gave credit to Seattle for knocking in some tough shots and, and for making things tougher for them in game two than, than they had in game one. But I think you know, all of them were kind of on the same page in their exit interviews that they mm-hmm. had um, the other day, a couple hours, we were on, on Zoom with basically every single player. And I thought that what Natasha Cloud said was very uh, profound. She said, you know, we got our culture back. We got our family back. And mm-hmm. when you have that, you know, that's a starting point, like you were saying. I mean, statistically, you know, we're not even talking about that. We're talking about being able to come in to practice every day and have a joy about the environment and want to be around each other. And I don't think it was like that last year. And a lot of them said that Um, for whatever reason, who knows what it was, but, Mm -hmm. but they all knew that it was different this year and it needed to be different. Um, Elena Deladon even said it, Errol Atkins said it like, you know, Alicia Clark said it, um, but I just think that when you have the the family culture back, and you have each other's back, so you have um, the trust of one another that they're all giving 
the same level of energy and effort and focus uh, that you are. You're invested in that way with the integrity of, of that trust. You know, it's not, not a lot you can do wrong. Um, and will you win every game? No, but at least you know everybody's heart is in the right place. Everybody's heart is in a selfless mode. And, and I think that's what they got back to. And going with uh, Ariel Atkins, I mean, she just said, you know, I needed to be more aggressive this year. I needed to attack. And she did that well. She wanted to even do more than yeah. that. But I just she thought her, her three-level scoring ability was very impressive this year. And, again, a super young player. He's five years. You know, it's going to keep getting better for her. Um, Maisha Hines-Allen said, I have to work on my consistency. You know, and I was like, yeah, I could see that. You know, like there would be some games where she would be on fire. I'm like, okay, my. Like, you know, she had 20 points here and there, and then she'll have four points. You know, so it's like that same mindset needs to be there. And she said it. It's not me saying this yeah. about her. She said that. Um, and for Mike Tebow, he's going to have uh, an end of year at a later date. He wasn't on the call this week, but he did say that he's going to to talk about things. But, you know, the free agency and, and what they need. But he needs another score. And he basically said, we need to have someone else who can score for us. Uh, we don't want to be, um, we don't want to have a liability on the offensive end and have people um, hang off, right? Or mm -hmm. clog up other areas like on Elena Deladon or maybe next year on Shakira Austin down inside. You know, we have to have everybody be a threat. And I think when you look back to their 2019 championship season, they had threats across the board. Yeah, You can't cheat off, you can't sag down, you can't pinch off anybody. Right. Or they're going to make you pay. So I think this year they couldn't really say that. And maybe two or three different situations um, where they had, you know, rotational pieces in. And you can kind of not give as much defensive attention to some people. I, and I think they have a lottery pick, in fact, to they do. plug up some of these holes. Um, we'll get it. We'll get into all of these teams. But uh, I thought the first round was amazing. Clearly. Mm -hmm. So did you all. Uh, it's the. Oh, a 50% increase in uh, playoff viewership over the 2021 first and second rounds. Most viewed WNBA opening playoffs in 15 years. Of course, some of that is due to one of the games being on ABC and uh, most of the games being on ESPN. But right. yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's yeah. like a that's like a, a points per game versus points per 100 possession sort of thing. <laughs> it's fine. We'll take it. It's good. All right, speaking of, uh, what's going to be the most viewed WNBA semifinal ever? I'll say it here. Write it down, ESPN. I don't know, actually. I don't know how the metrics are. Right. Uh, which one do you want to preview first? Seattle, Las Vegas, or um, Chicago, Connecticut? Oh, my gosh. Let's go Chicago, Connecticut. Chicago, Connecticut. Very interesting. All right. So uh, where do you want to start here? I want to I've, start. I've got a, I got a legal pad. Oh, today. you do? Oh, snap. Yeah. We don't have oh, any yeah. post-its, though. <laughs> I have our post-its that we both oh, lost. Okay. We were oh. both wrong on both of our post-its. Didn't do well with that. We got to do more of that during the college season. <laughs> yeah. Right. At least my Indiana six-win thing from the first half of the season isn't on the wall anymore. So that's right. that's good. Um, I am thinking, let's go with how Chicago – has had their way with Connecticut this season. Indeed they have. And I think, you know, obviously everyone's like, okay, playoffs is a brand new season and everything like that. But mentally that sits in your head. Now, 
it could work for you. If you're Chicago, we've done it before. We'll do it again and keep that foot on the pedal. But like you said, there's been some inconsistency with how hard that foot's been on the pedal for uh, Chicago this season. But then if you're Connecticut, man, they have something to prove. You know, no Jasmine Thomas, you know, this season. Last year, they didn't have Alyssa Thomas going uh, at the end of the regular season. She came in, you know, for the playoffs mm -hmm. at the end. So they've had some disjointed pieces, even though they have um, come together this year uh, to make it to the semis. I just think that Connecticut may eke out a couple wins, you know, just because of that level of competitiveness that they're going to bring to the table. JJ, yeah. you know, John Quill Jones is going to bring it. I mean, she was MVP last year. I mean, there are players that they have. And Brianna Jones coming off the bench, sixth player of the year, AP. I, I think they just have the pieces that they need right now. And Heidemann has been shooting the ball very well. So I'm like, you know, they're going to need that, obviously, against a team like Chicago. But I, I think they're hungry to advance. Yeah. No, I agree. And and look, uh, we, we, we made fun of this, but Chicago won the four games in the regular season. But the, the total margin over those four games – was 18 points. Every mm. game was decided by eight points or less. Two of them were decided by three points. Very close. These two teams are very good. Both yeah. both these teams are very, very good. Yeah. Um, but there I think what happened in those games is Chicago just came out firing. I mean, yeah. they shot their effective field goal percentage against Connecticut this year was 61.7%. Oh, it's just crazy. It's a, it's a big oh, number. Boy. They dominated in the four factors, you know, just a really quick look at what happened in those games. Like the e, they dominated the E field goal category and they dominated uh, the free throw rate category. Okay. But Connecticut is what they do is they dominate the offensive glass and the turnover margin. So I think it's just going to come down to how many turnovers can Connecticut produce? How many offensive right. rebounds can they produce? They're going to need extra possessions. Uh, and then they're going to need to capitalize on those extra possessions. Against right. Dallas, at some point in that game, they had 21 more field goal attempts in that game three against Dallas yeah. than Dallas did. But wow. they were only up by like 13 points. Right. So it's like mm. they need to be more efficient on yeah. those opportunities. Yeah. And I think can, Chicago's D can hold them in. Um, yeah. But I am totally with you. I think this series is going to go. It's not going to be a sweep. Certainly not. I don't think so. Uh, I think I think Connecticut will get at least one game. Mm -hmm. um, I'm really excited. It, actually, tell me which matchup you're really excited about because I got a lot mm -hmm. here, like Dewana versus Ka Leah Copper. You got um, Emma. Well, whoever's at the four position yeah. uh, against Alyssa Thomas, or they're going to put Candace Parker on Alyssa Thomas. What, how do they match up in that front court? I think those are going to be really, really interesting yeah. matchups. Yeah. And but. And I also think there's like weird lineup opportunities. So just like what matchup are you looking for? Could be unit to unit, coach to coach, yeah. uh, player to player. Like what, what what's one of those things you want to see? I think, I mean, I, I think that matchup with Emma Mieseman, who I think would be the match for Alyssa Thomas. I'm circling that. Um, and maybe Candace Parker. I mean, she's like, stepped up and taken a lot of pride in her defense in the last couple of seasons mm -hmm. anyway. But I think she's always been a fantastic defender. But I think for me, if I'm James Wade, I am going to go ahead and put Emma Mieseman on her. Mm -hmm. um, Emma has great footwork in there. I think she understands um, Alyssa Thomas's 
move. She knows what she's going to do. She can be shifty strong. but and strong. But I think Misaman can kind of stay in front of her a little bit, mm-hmm. um, a little bit better. And and not that Candace can't, but I think also you don't want to put Candace in that situation where she could get in foul trouble. Yeah. You know, because Alyssa Thomas does take a high volume number of shots. So you're also thinking of that as well, not necessarily that Candace can't do it. No, it's like Candace can do it, but do we want her doing it every time down defensively because the ball is going through Alyssa Thomas? So I think in that regard, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Emma on her. And I think that's gonna be the matchup. But I also like what you said about Bonner and, and Copper. What's up? Here's my I was just thinking about I don't why know I'm so is that gonna be the match, do you think? I certainly, I mean, I, I can't, I can't, I just go and see who, who the other team is going to put on one of them. Right. Cause yeah, you got salute. You have Vander Sloot and Quigley against Hyatt and, and Cordy Williams in the front court. I think that matchup is very clearly go towards Chicago. Very good. Um, and I think, you know, though, those two guards are going to have to be on their best defensive uh, activity. And I think mm-hmm. Heidemann has been there. Uh, Will Courtney has been in and out and it depends like, she she's not going to be able to take. I think she has a slight mismatch on the offensive end okay. against Quigley, but I don't think she's really going to be able to take advantage of that because the way Courtney Williams takes advantage of it is by those long twos, and it's like Chicago will take that. Chicago okay. will let you shoot that. So I think yeah. where the one my my point here is, I think the one on one matchup is going to be between Copper and Dewana Bonner. Okay, because those are the only two that you know. I think either team's going to be okay with the other one going up against one on one. I right. think. Dewana has a, a size and length advantage. And I think mm-hmm. Copper has a speed and strength advantage. And we're just mm-hmm. going to be seeing those two going back to back and forth. I think it's going to be, it's going to be five on five basketball, which I know yes. sounds, it sounds stupid, but no, it you know, you know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's five on five basketball. This is going to be a lot of movement, a lot of, a lot of, um, you know, switching a lot of communication. Chicago has yeah. done an amazing job of being able to switch and scram and do point yeah. switching and then having Candace Parker stay near the rim, which is always their, their goal. Um, we'll see how she can do that against John Paul Jones. So I think it's gonna be five on five, but where the one-on-one matchup is going to be is between copper and Bonner. I like it. And it's going to be awesome. I'm really I, excited for it. I like it. And I also think, you know, you got to flip it over too and say, well, you know, who's going to check Candace, right? <laughs> who's going to check? Well, John Quell. Uh, right. But she could take she could take her outside a little bit, right? She can no. stretch her a little bit, get her in some pick and roll. Well, idea, ideally, no. I mean, it depends on who. Um, John Quell has not been playing that well, so I don't know. May, maybe yeah. she can, but you in in when John Quell's 2019 finals, John Quell, no, she cannot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I think you know, I think Chicago's also, you know, thinking well, they got to check us too. Right. <laughs> and the matchups aren't just like who's going to check these people from Connecticut, but who's yeah. going to check us? Okay. Who's going to check Quigley? Who's going to check Sloop? Like, who, you know, I think they have to flip the switch a little bit and say, like, you know, let's look at it on the other side and, and see what kind of uh, matchups can be exploited with how Chicago plays in the quarter court. And when Courtney Vandersloot gets 10 toes in the paint, that's trouble. So you really have to put, you know, uh, uh, an onus on keeping her out of the lane, not letting her get downhill and transition. Um, but she just finds a way, right? She'll snake in and out and uh, for a reason, right? She's not just doing mm-hmm. it because it looks cute. She's doing it to commit you to the ball. And then she's going to find somebody wide open out there who could be Candace Parker, who I think in this matchup against Connecticut is going to stretch that floor out. And that may be the difference maker 
for Chicago, her ability to knock in shots from the outside. Yeah, but teams have been teams have been giving that to her, and it's been kind of working because she doesn't want Candace. She plays basketball the right way, right? So, mm-hmm. so it's like, yeah, she'll take the open shot, but it's not necessarily the thing she wants to do. And I think getting her out of the thing she wants to do, okay. and then Chicago countering to get her into the thing she wants to do, as Anila says in her comment, like, you know. Who's going to be the better coach in the series is pretty much going to decide. And I totally agree with that. James Wade versus Kurt Miller. These two coaches have been great for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they've gotten their teams to this point where it is kind of down to their decisions. So yeah. we'll see. I mean, and then there's the other possibility that I was thinking about. Let me know what you think about this. Okay. Could it, who, if these teams go big, not that they necessarily will. Okay. Um, I didn't look up the lineup data before this, and I'm sorry about that. If someone wants to, to hit me up with it. Um. Could a big lineup favor Connecticut? Let's say they go with, they move Dewana up to the two and bring okay. in Bree Jones. Okay. Which is, should, yeah, maybe, possibly, I don't know, for mm-hmm. Chicago to then bring in Azrae Stevens and play her with Emma and Candace. Ooh. They do not like to do that, but they could play big lineup versus big lineup. And yeah. I think, it, I think Connecticut may be able to force the issue that way and do the things that they're best at. Um, and I don't think they'll, I think, you know, Alyssa Thomas at the three is fine. Like she can, yeah. she's not a big, that's going to scare you switching. Um, so I was, I was just thinking about that as a potential counter for Connecticut if they yeah. have to slow down Chicago. Yeah. I, I think, you know, like you just said, Anilia said, right. It's going to yeah. be a chess match with the coaches and what kinds of combinations you want to switch and change to. But honestly, at this juncture in the playoffs, don't want to be mixing up too much Mm -hmm. stuff right you want to do with what got you here you want to be your authentic selves as a team but can you do that one or two possessions just to show it see what it looks like see what it feels like perhaps but it all depends on what score is (laughs) i'm not doing that in a one possession back and forth game bump that nope we're staying with what we're doing and i'm not trying something new um like that but if we have you know five plus possession lead maybe maybe try something like that but you know you got to stick with your with your you know your innate decision making that you've that you've relied upon coming into the playoffs and i just think for for james wade i just think that he has courtney vandersloot on the floor she's going to make the proper decisions for you and i think when you're looking at a team like connecticut Without the services of Jasmine Thomas, I don't know if that's going to come into play as being something that that they need more of, right? Oh, yeah. Courtney Williams, I, I'm not, and this is when I say that, I'm not saying that other players aren't capable of making strong contributions in that role. They have to. Okay. What I'm saying is a player with the the seasoned experience that Jasmine Thomas had for Connecticut, is that going to be something that that hurts them? in this series, not having that experience at that position. Yeah. I, I think it will hurt him. No, 100% is going to hurt him. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, they got to deal with what they got. And that's why I say, you got to get, I think Connecticut to me is a big underdog here. And I'm going to tell you guys straight up, I'm picking Chicago. I'm going to make Christy pick. Don't worry. <laughs> it's great. Uh, uh, I'm picking Chicago and I think it's just because they can, there's more areas to exploit against Connecticut than there are against Chicago. And yes. Chicago is very, very good at exploiting your one weakness. Right. Yeah. So in that game three uh, against um, New York, yeah. you know, there's opportunities 
yes. that the rim was wide open because of the spacing that Chicago had, and they attacked the rim, they attacked the rim, then they attacked the rim. Things changed. They started taking more threes. You know, they they adjusted so well throughout that game. And I think Chicago is definitely not scared to change things up. Like they were pressing against New York, and that's mm-hmm. not something you see from a one seed uh, or the two seed against a seven seed typically. You don't see the two seed pressing, right? Because that's a mm-hmm. that's a strategy typically used by the underdog. So I don't right. think I don't think it's going to be something that the status quo is going to work out. I think Connecticut's going to have to adapt and try different things. That's yeah. why I bring up the big lineup because I also kind of want to see it. I kind of want to see it. That's I mean, I wouldn't be mad at it. I mean, as a as, as a, a big former, yeah. as a as a former post, you know, I'd love <laughs> to see it. Hey, put them all out there. But you know, I still think you know you don't want to be tinkering with things that that throw your chemistry yeah. off or create a big run for your opponents, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes when you see another team put a big lineup <clears> out there, you may be forced to say, "Oh, we got to match that." Yeah, with size, but sometimes you don't. Like what I was saying before, they still have to check us too. Yeah. So do we have an advantage now if we stay small, right? They went big, good for them. Let's exploit that. How can we get them in pick and rolls? How can we spread them out and get by them? Like, I, I think it's all again uh, goes back to the the coaching and and what what happens. Mm-hmm. So it, you can't be enticed by what the other team is doing. It's almost like what was that that meme where in the Olympics, uh, the swimming thing, and he's looking to see what somebody else yeah. is doing, or was it the race? It was the race. It was both. It was like, it was, uh, it no, was I know what you're saying. and you know, you can't be focused on the other people. You better just go ahead and stay straight ahead, whether you're swimming, racing or hooping, like you got to just stay the course and, and do what got you there. And if there are changes on the other side, don't let that force you to make a change. Right. Just see what advantages that no. presents for you because now they're gambling. So let's make them pay for that. So, yeah. So maybe Chicago. Yeah. And, the, and Chicago, again, very well equipped to do against anything. That and that's why I think they're going to win the series. Who, who do you think is going to win the series? I'll, I'll make my uh, prediction a little bit more specific. Okay. I will say that Chicago is going to win this series in four games and they're going to lose game three. Wow. Very specific. That's very specific, but are you asking that of me too? No, you can do you could just say whatever you want. You're the Hall of Famer. Okay, good. I get a pass. Yay. Um, I didn't know I could like use that. Okay. Um, let's go. I'm going Chicago in five. Chicago in five. Okay. And I want that game five to be a buzzer beater game. Like I want it to be dramatic. I want it to be hard fought. I wanted to be digged down. I wanted to see, uh, I want to see if, if Chicago can say, hey, we won it last year. We did it with this kind of fight and do it again. So I'm calling Chicago in five, but I think Connecticut's going to give them all they got all and right. they're ready to compete. And I want to see it be like a free throw with no time on the clock in game all five. Right. If we're like Quigley or somebody be online, like, you know, you're supposed to make it, you're a shooter shoot or shoot let's see make this shot and then let it be a one point win i think chicago is going to win by 20 in game four that's my game that's funny wow you just shaved it all the way okay game four 20 point win let's talk about okay what i think is actually the better series las vegas against seattle yeah. uh i this is gonna be an awesome series i listed out like the yeah. matchups here Obviously, yeah. there's four number one. Uh, there's excuse me, seven number one picks in this series. Come on. Uh, the talent here is incredible. 
Um, yeah. You look at the matchups and it's like, yeah, yeah, you got MVP candidates all over the place. You got players who have done so much yeah. in this league already. Um, she, I think Seattle is probably playing the best basketball in the league right now. They are. I think uh, Las Vegas is not that far behind them, right? So it's like, right. uh, you know, I don't quite know where uh, the series is going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, the in-season matchup, what was it? It was 3-1 for Las Vegas. Yeah. Um. So that would suggest that Las Vegas is going to win. I just don't think that's that's as easy as it's going to be. So what are you looking out for in this series? Is this the end of the road for Sue Bird, number one? <laughs> that to me, man, listen, if I'm playing with Sue Bird and I know that she, you know, has announced her retirement and everything like that, and not that I wouldn't be already driven. I would be driven, okay? But the fact that the person to the right of me is Sue Bird in the locker room. I'm sitting there looking at her, put on her shoes. Is this the last time? Not if I have anything to say about <laughs> it, right? Like, but hey, I'm going out here and I'm already fired up. So I'm going to be at a different level because I have that extra incentive. And not that you need it, but you have it, okay? Right. And, I mean, you want to play your butt off for Sue, man. If, uh, if I'm her teammate... Man, listen, I'm going to box out a little longer. I'm going <laughs> to set my screen a little more solid. Like all the little like micro things we were talking about, I'll make my pass a little more crisp. Like every little thing, I'm going to go harder for her just because she's sitting right there. I mean, yeah. that's period, point blank. So number one, I'm looking for that. I'm looking for that level of, of energy from Seattle. Um, but also I'm looking for... Um, for Vegas, right, to to be able to do what they've done against Seattle all year. I mean, this is a team who um, got the number one overall seed, right, because they beat Seattle in the last game. So this is a team who can rise to the occasion in situations like that when they have the opportunity to close that door. They did it at the end of the regular season. Can they do it again in the postseason? And seeing them up close and personal, They are really a tough group to stop. Like they're a tough group to contain. And if you contain one piece of what they're doing, they're going to come with four more. I mean, they just have uh, a tremendous amount of balance on both sides. And I think, you know, they have to play smart. They have to stay out of foul trouble. Wilson has to stay on the floor. Um, But I think it's going to be, I mean, that's another knockdown drag out series Mm-hmm. with a lot of different stories behind it. I mean, Becky Hammond, wouldn't that be something, you know, to advance to the finals as a first year head yeah. coach in the WNBA? I, yeah, it's going to be amazing. I think the story, the narratives are there. It's going to be from that perspective, it's going to be amazing. I think the on-court play is going to be incredible. I think what we're going to see on the court is going to be the best basketball this season. Yeah. Um, I think I said that in the last series too with Washington. And it yeah. was not. It was not. Uh, the game Vegas one. Fan, game one. Game one was really good, but game two. I'm talking about. It has to be consistent. Okay, Although cool. I could see this being a weird series hmm. where each team gets a blowout because of of how the coaches are adjusting and changing things um, in it, over games. Right. I, I think hmm. Seattle does that really well, and they also uh, change in game very well too. But right. I could see this being a series where it's like, okay, Vegas won game one by 15. Okay, it's Seattle won game two by 15. Game three, yeah. you know, there's this yeah. Britain series like that. I remember the Miami Heat, um, Seattle, uh, San Antonio Spurs series, and two. I always get the year wrong. 
think it's 2014. Mm-hmm. That was like that, where the Ray Allen shot one. Was like, game six oh, was a yeah. classic, but the games before that. that were all blowouts. Yeah. Um, and I think this could be the same thing just because the teams are so good. Um, yeah. That's going to take, you know, just a little change here, a little change there. Who's playing well here? Who's playing well there? Right now, for example, Seattle has Gabby Williams playing some of the best basketball of her career. Yeah. She's been unbelievable. Can she outplay Jackie Young, who was playing unbelievable basketball season? Right. right? Like, and, and the matchups here are really interesting too, because I think in that last game against uh, between these teams, Sue Bird actually matched up with Chelsea Gray. And I thought that was, you know, I, play, I picked up my ears and so did Vegas because they started attacking that. Uh, and then they started attacking Tina Charles as the tagger in the pick and roll, right? They did. And then you go on the other side and Seattle just had Brianna Stewart do Brianna Stewart things. And then kind of, there was a time where it was just Brianna Stewart versus Asia Wilson. I'm looking yeah. very much forward to those times in that series, in the series. So yeah, the X's and O's are going to be, fascinating to watch yeah um do you see any team having having a a single advantage on the floor asia wilson to me is an advantage i mean she's going up against brand stewart though i know but asia wilson to me is an advantage (laughs) (laughs) stick with that i mean she's just put in so much work man and the extension of her game i think has really been something to see but her defense like she's been right there. And I think that's been a big reason why they have that series advantage over Seattle is because of the way she's been able to protect the rim. Now, with that being said, I think Becky Hammond is, has been a, a maestro with mm-hmm. what she's been able to do defensively with her team. And when I say that, she'll throw a, a triangle and two at you, mm-hmm. a diamond and one, boxing one, like she'll zone it. You know, she'll mix up some things on you defensively. And yes, can I just remind you of something just very quickly? You have said on this podcast before that when you're throwing out those defenses, yeah, you may need to. Yeah, it's not, it's not because you want to, right? Because you you may need to. It's it's a little, that's a little concerning, absolutely. But at the same time, it's what you've been doing. Like that's not reinvention of the wheel for this Vegas Aces team. They've always thrown a variety of things at you offensively too. Like they're going to throw a lot of different reads at you. Mm-hmm. They're going to throw yeah. a lot of different looks. Um, they love that stagger on the weak side, curl and plumb yeah. off. Like, listen, man, they're going to throw some things at you. They're not going to come down doing the same thing every time. Like defensively, you have to be on your toes against a, a team that Becky Hammond is coaching, she's going to throw several different things. And I think that's a good thing. I mean, if I'm coaching against that, I'm like, I'm trying to recognize by half court, like, what are they doing? What are they doing? Like, who's doing this? Like, you have to stay ready to make in-game adjustments against this team. And I think um, what Washington was able to do well during the regular season in their three wins against Vegas was make those adjustments to what they saw defensively mm-hmm. against the Aces. So now, Seattle is going to have to do the same thing. And with a player like Sue Bird, yes, she's going to be able to recognize what's going on, right? She just she just knows. Like, she's magical in that way. I get it. But at the same time, everybody else has to be on that same page. You have to be able to make quick adjustments within, you know, time on the shot clock. You don't want to have late in the shot clock decisions to be made um, by the team. But I think with a variety of defenses that, that Las Vegas is going to be able to throw at you because they've done it all season, um, that's going to be really interesting to see. And that's something for fans to watch for too. Like, what are they running, right? Yep. 
And no, I think, uh, you know, and I think Asia Wilson's the MVP. No, that's what Chiquita said. Chiquita said oh, the MVP. Oh, hey, Chiquita. Hey, girl. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it is her MVP year. I just, I think Brianna Stewart's really, really good. She's not bad. That's not, that's <laughs> she's, she's not a bad basketball player, I'd say. Uh, I think she's going to, yeah. you know, she's going to be a great matchup. And I think there's a, there's a lot of people, um, you know, that Seattle has more people to throw at Wilson than Vegas has to throw at Stewart. That's true. Um, there's just going to be, I think it is going to be again, five on five basketball, right? Where there's going to be a lot more movement off the ball. Um, I think, you know, you do have two players who are among the best in the league between Jewel Lloyd and Chelsea Gray. Oh, I may be matching. I may be matching them up if I'm on either side of that. Uh, actually, I probably match up. I try to put Jackie Young on Jewel, Jewel Lloyd, but the yeah. matchups are so weird. It's just yeah. going to be like, because I think Bert on Vegas would want Plum on Bird. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Seattle will want Bird on Plum. So then go. it's like, well, where do you put Sue Bird? Where do you, like, how do you, I don't know. Right. It's going to be really fast and a lot of chess mats. Also, a, a couple of our commenters have mentioned uh, whether uh, Derek Hamby is going to be back. We don't know. I don't, I haven't yeah. seen anything. I, I, you know, oh, go ahead, honey. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Did you, do you know? No, you know, um, she in Vegas last week, you know, we, we got some updates with her, but obviously they did what they did against Phoenix without her on the court. And it's a bone bruise, but I think that's gotten better. So I think having this week in between, yeah, you know, if she's not playing in game one or two, maybe before the series is over, um, okay. she may see time on the floor. And that's not an official word. That's just, you know, things that I'm I saw um, there. And, you know, no official word on that, but I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility because they've had this gap in, in days, right? Yeah. Like full seven days in between. So obviously that, that helps fuel her um, to get back and, and be ready to go. But yeah, I mean, going back to Asia Wilson MVP, I mean, it's best player, best team. That's always what I thought. So, Oh yeah. Best, I think best record. Well, not, well best, it's not technically, best, it best is not best. technically the award for the best player on the best team. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It's, it could be. It could be for mo- the most valuable who brought the most value to their team. I'm but just saying, if you want to go a different direction, team? you're okay. No, dude. Hey, no, no. Look, if you're the best player on the best team, their value is already written in stone. No, because there could be more people. Let's say a team on the bad team, like you're like. No, you no, but 30, let's say let's let's play it out. Let's play it out. So if a team and you're the MVP, if no, a team, if the team in first place has three MVP candidates like this Vegas team particularly yeah. had at some point in the season, right? Three players who may be the best player on the best team. Right. Obviously it ended up being Asia Wilson. Like we all thought it was going to be, but there's maybe a team that finished maybe like fourth in the standings who had a great, who had a player who contributed even more because they had to do more buddy. It's only two game difference. It's not like the first place team was that much Gabe. better than everyone else. It was like a two game difference. Gabe, you know what? I love you like a play cousin and all that. Like me and you. We, no, I'm disagreeing fully. I'm going best player. You can best yeah. team. I'm sa- I'm just saying you you can you cannot go like you can go different. Can't why? Why would you do that? Because like, that's, that's not the not award. The the, but the award's not, not the for the MVP. best player on the best team. That's just Say not the again. award. The award is not for the best player on the best team. Who is it for then? Who scores the most on a bad it's team? It's for no, who is the most valuable player to their team? So if one player drags a team to a chip to a, a second place finish, it shouldn't be the first player on the team that's full of all stars. No. <laughs> it's it, just not it it for best player on the best team is not the only way to look at that award. You can it look at it. It like, should be. 
well then we should call it the best player on the best team award we and then it becomes then there's no voting we don't then have to vote Asia for Wilson. but then it makes it easy like all these yeah, other but that's supposed to be easy no these other variables man like uh, bump that if you're scoring 30 on the eighth place team no man but i'm not no talking sir. about the eighth like, place i'm not talking I about am. the eighth place team i'm talking about a team that was fourth place two games behind the team that won that got in first place and who may beat them in the playoffs which yeah. is my prediction and what i'm going to say seattle's going to beat Vegas in the playoffs, and nope. I think it's going five games. I, I think, and I think it's going to, and I think there's an argument that Brandon Stewart should win the MVP. I personally would vote Asia Wilson because I think she has been the most valuable player to a very, very good team. But it's not just because she is the best player on the best team. I don't think I think that's a bit reductive for the for what the award's supposed to be. Get your reductive pen out and put it on some reductive paper and write I, down what you just said about Asia Wilson being the most valuable player. She's the most valuable player this put year, it but it's Sharpie. not because she. But it's not just because she's the best player on the best team. It's because she's added the most valuable to it. She has added the most value to a team that is very good. <laughs> You're saying the same thing. I'm, I'm not. Saying. I'm not. I'm, that's. I'm saying you can vote for Brianna Stewart, just not because she finished. Just because she finished fourth in the standings. I love her. But, but that doesn't mean that doesn't take her off the ballot if she just finished fourth. Okay, I see what you're saying, but I, you know, I don't agree. I, and I just, I don't know, I guess I'm old school with that. If you're the best player on the best team, that's you. Like you've earned that. You got your team there. Without you, they don't get there. You're valuable and invaluable at the same time. And guess what? That's that's who I'm going with. I, and and that's and that's just me. And I think okay, it, what I'm saying, if that fuels Brianna Stewart to average forty in this series, I'm sorry, Las Vegas. But uh, you gotta I, hope. No you gotta hope if you're Las Vegas that this award is not coming out in this round. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm not mad at Brianna Stewart. And I love her game, and I love all the accomplishments and gold medals and championships that she's been able to win at a young age. I mean, she's accomplished more than anyone at her age. Okay, trust and believe. But this year it's Asia Wilson. I I I look, I'm voting for Asia Wilson. I'm just saying that the <laughs> the assertion that it has to be the best player on the best team is wrong. I I do not think that is the award. I do do you use do you use Waze when you drive around? Huh? No, I don't. I use Google Maps. Okay, Google Maps. Okay. Say we're using yeah. Google Maps and we're meeting up at a restaurant and you take one way to get there, but you there, right? And I take another way and I get there and meet you there. I'm like, oh, hey, Gabe, how y'all doing? We're both at the same spot. So you just Yes, but it matters. <laughs> but it doesn't matter how you get there. You got there. Boom. This so year, this year, certainly it does not matter because we both, we both voted for Asia Wilson. Mm -hmm. the there will come a year where we disagree on this. Much but, like we disagreed on the rookie route. of the year. Also, <laughs> by the way. We did disagree. The, the rookie, we disagreed there. We just don't disagree here. Yeah. Um but I think in the future, I do not think it is the best player on the best team. I do not think that has to be the award. Because I think there's some times where the, be the best, the most valuable player in this league is not on the best team. The same thing, man. You're saying the same thing. Huh? Most valuable and best are the same. No, they're not. No, Why they're not. not? <laughs> they're not. They're saying. not. It's not the best player <laughs> award. That's the best is, player. No, but it's not the best player award. We have a best player award in college, correct? Wow. We have a best player in college. Yes. In Naismith, which again is going to go to Aaliyah Boston because she's the best player of the country. I don't care what she, I don't care what happens with, if South Carolina finishes second in the SEC, like they did last year. But, but, but they won I mean, it all though. Hey, Dawn. Aaliyah Boston's the best player <laughs> in the country. However, 
that's for best player. This is not a best player award. This is most valuable. It has to ask the words have to mean something. The words I'm a have lawyer. to mean something, and I don't the, get it. The, the, You're the a lawyer, words, and I'm not. And I the words I have understand. to mean something. All right, Chrissy, we gotta go. Make your wait. Make your pick. Make your pick. You almost got out of this without making your pick. <gasps> I, I'm going with the Las Vegas Aces in in that series, and I'm gonna take them in five. Five. Games. And I'm gonna take it um, a ten point win in game five for the Las Vegas Aces. Ten <laughs> points. I think I pushed Chrissy into into. A, Made me angry. I was gonna say five, but I added five more because you had me mad. <laughs> also, I just want to say, according to according to my logic, Jess, no, LeBron exactly. The whole point would be that LeBron would not win the award every single year. That's the whole point of the Most Valuable Player award is that the best player doesn't always win it. That's the whole point. Oh my god, god Christy, get us out of here. Best player, best team. Y'all shout us out in the comments because we're not done with this because I got a time. We're coming back. We're coming back when the MVP award actually gets announced. <laughs> we'll have that next time. But we don't have to uh, go home. We got to get on out of here. That's it for today's discussion. Now I have to go loose out somewhere and do some yoga because of Gabe. Anyway, we'll check y'all out next time. More WNBA playoffs ahead. For Gabe Ibrahim, I'm Christy Winter Scott. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.